Good morning and welcome to another episode of Daf Shui. Give me 40 minutes or so and I'll give you a Daf or so. We're in sunny Southern California, windy today. Last night the wind was howling and slamming windows and doors and thought I was in Kansas City. And now for this week's Daf, we're on 13A in the edition that the brothers and widow Ra'im produced in Vilna low the century, the century and a half ago. It's on the second line from the top on 13a. What we are doing is we're finishing off uh, explanation of the Mishnah on Yud Aleph on 11a, Yud Aleph on Aleph. And that Mishnah is uh, talking about when one can't or cannot divide a courtyard and various other things such as a hallway outside, a hallway inside, an excedra, a kind of a, a porch outside, which has an overhang, a colonnade, and those kind of things. And so that's what we're going to be explaining today. Below et traklin, right? And traklin is the hallway. Ein behen So all this is actually lo et traklin It's talking about all that whole list at the end of the Mishnah, um, an entryway, and all these other things. Ein behen so what happens if there isn't enough to divide them up between two people, right? You have a small entryway, you have a small etc. you have a small colonnaded porch. Uh, what happens? What do you do? Can you divide them up? Rabbi Yehuda Amar, it dina de god o agud. Rabbi Nachman Amar, let dina de god o agud. So this is going to be kind of the central topic of this week's of this week's daf. Rebuda says there is the law of God o agud of you buy it from me or I buy it from you. In other words, God Rashi says God from the language of put money on the table. Kotsli kesef, put money on the table. O agud, or I will put money on the table. Now that could be it, or it could be buy from me and I will buy from you, or from the word mishoch pull the. Literal meaning of the phrase is in dispute amongst various commentators and lexicologists, but the uh, the meaning of the fra- of the uh, the sense of this this machloket is: Can one force one's partner to either buy or sell? Right, and that brings up all manner of questions. And some of those will be brought up by the Gemara. Some of them are brought up by the commentators. What happens if there is a disparity in wealth between the two? So can uh, the richer person say, well, if you want to buy it, that's fine. Otherwise, I'm going to buy you out. And the poor person, can the poor person then say, well, you know what? I, I like it as it is. Why don't we both use it? So does that disparity of wealth grant the richer person more power in, in the two? Um, what, is the, what is the theory behind Rabbi Yehuda who says that one can say buy or sell it and the theory behind Rabbi Nachman who, says, who also says no you can't say buy or sell it and what does that have to do with the notion of dividing it up so for example the Yad Ramah Rameir Levi Abu Lafia the Spanish commentator northern Spain in uh, uh, Burgos actually in 14th century says what is the what is the machloket? What is the 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 argument between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nachman? Rabbi Yehuda thinks Rabbi Yehuda's theory is that go to good. If I say buy it or sell it, that that is better because it's more like a it's more like a division. That they say you know 
we each have half of it. So either you buy it from me or I buy it from you, which acknowledges the very division that was there. And Rav Nachman says, no, you know what? Division, having a partnership means that we're both here. So if I force you to sell it or buy it, that's destroying the partnership. So that's kind of the machloket between them, according to the Yad Ramah. Um, but let's go back to the Gemara and see how this plays out. Amalei Rava Rav Nachman. So Rava, um, Babylonian Amara, the fourth generation, says to Rav Nachman, who said, there is no law of the, you can't say buy it or sell it. Um, buy it from me, buy me out, or I'll buy you out. So according to Rav Nachman, so according to you, said that there is that this law doesn't doesn't apply. So let's say if a person dies and leaves to his children, one of them the eldest, meaning that the eldest, the bechor, the eldest gets a double portion in the inheritance and a pashut and a simple heir. So the father left them a slave and a and an animal and a an impure animal, an unkosher animal. What can you do? So now both of these things, and we have to admit, we have to you know state up front, this is talking about slavery. Their slavery did exist. It's an awful thing, but it did exist. They lived in a slave society amongst those who lived in slave societies. Um, Jews held slaves, we know from the Gniza until very late. Well, later than one would have thought until you know the the early Middle Ages. But be that, unfortunately, as it may, the reason they bring these two things as examples, a slave and an impure and unkosher animal, is because you can't just divide them up. You can't divide up a slave. You can't divide up an animal, an impure animal, because you can't, you know, the only thing you can do is work with it, is use it to plow. You can't eat it. So what do they do? Uh, so Rabbi says, Rabbi Nachman, you say there's no halachav, buy me out or I'll buy you out. So therefore, what do you do with these two things you can't really divide? Amrallah from Nachman said back, She'ani Omer, Oveid So that's not a problem. So this, uh, so they'll have the slave will work for one master for one day and then the Bukhar to the eldest for two days. And the same thing with the animal. Let's say it's a donkey. We'll plow for two days and the other guy one day. So now the, the Vilna says Meitve, but actually all the manuscripts say Leima Misayele. Now what's the difference between the two? Meitve is a challenge. Leima Misayele is a bringing a, uh, a bringing an assistant. This, they bring a proof to one of the sides of the argument. Now the question then will be which side of the argument is. But we're going to go with Leima Misayele. So let's say that here is a proof to what you are saying. Misha Ben Chorin. One, a person who was Half slave, half free. So Beitilel says that he works for his master one day and he works for himself the other day. Right? So he gets one day to make money for his own pocket. Beit Shammai, however, Beit Shammai says, Tikantimit Rabo, Beit Shammai says that, uh, who does that help? You helped his master, but you didn't help him at all. Why? Lisa Shivcha, you know, Yecholi can't marry a slave woman because he is a, because he's free, and a free person can't marry a slave woman. According to rabbinic law. Lisa Batchorine, no Yecholi can't marry a free woman because he's a slave. And according to rabbinic law, a slave can't marry a free woman. So Yibatel, should he not engage in procreation, in being married? 
How can that be if the world was only created for Pirya and Rivya, for reproduction? This is citing from Yeshayahu, Isaiah 45, 18. It says, For thus says God, and then there's a parenthetic list of Te'arim, of praises of God, the creator of the heavens, he is the God who created the earth and made it. He established it, did not lotobra, and this is our phrase, he did not create it for naught, lashevet yitzrah, he created it for settlement. And that's where we get, and then it says, I am God, there is no other. And that's what God says. Um, but lotobra, lashevet yitzrah, he did not create it for naught, uh, he created it for settlement, is the source that we bring here to say that a person has to involve themselves in procreation. That the world was only created for procreation. But because of tikkun olam, the fixing the world, we force his master and he makes him a free man and they write a promissory note on the other half of his price, right? The price, the, the half of his price that is for a slave. And Beitila went back and they decided like Beit Shammai, they practiced like Beit Shammai. So a couple of things here. First of all, in the Vilna, if you see in the if you're following along in the Vilna, the, the words are not there. However, they are in all the manuscripts. And they're also this mission is quoted from Gitin, from the fourth parak in Gitin. And there, uh, it's quoted in a series of Mishnayot that are only quoted because they are Mipnei Tikkun Olam Mishnayot, the Mishnayot that have the tagline for Tikkun Olam, for the, the fixing of the world. And there it says, of course, Mipnei Tikkun Olam. So Mipnei Tikkun Olam is, this is a scribal error that it, it fell out. The other thing that I wanted to point out is this is probably the originary Mishnah of Mipnei Tikkun Olam because it actually has to do with the creation of the world, right? With fixing the world. The world was only created for procreation, loto braala shevet yitzaras. So therefore, it says mipneti kuno olam. So for in order to ensure the world is fixed, this is what should happen. And then from out of that, the mipneti kuno olam goes secondarily to the fact that it has to keep legal lines straight so that people can marry each other and that people so that people will not get get their yichusin uh, their lineage messed up. And then from there it goes to legal lines and etc. and so forth, moving out outwards from there. Okay, so this is, so what is this? So this was brought in order to to assist the side. Now it sounds like um, it's assisting Rav Nachman who said that in the slave, in the case of the slave and the impure animal, that they work for one for two days and the other for one day. So perhaps that's the same thing here because he works for one day and the other one works for two days. But actually the truth is that in the end, they free him. So what is that going on there? So the Stam says, Tama Kun Olam. So the reason they free him is only because of Tikkun Olam, of, of establishing the world. But if not for Tikkun Olam, they would not have freedom. And then they would have been just like what Rav Nachman says, that there's no Dina Didgad Uyigud. There is no Buy me out or I'll buy you out. And they act in the slave actually has to work. The half free, half slave has to work for his master one day and for himself one day. 
So the Sam says, no, Shani Hacha da Agud God Laika. You can't bring a proof from this case because of the fact that there is no Agud. Right? It's not that you're going to say buy the slave, but rather just sell the slave. Right? In other words, like pay off the slaves the amount that the slave is indebted to his master, and then he'll be free. So there's not a back and forth. It's not a, 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 a kind of a, a threat or a statement saying God o agud, but rather just saying agud. In other words, like saying to the master, you sell him. Okay. So that's why that's not, so they say that's not necessarily a support for Nachman says that there is no law of buy me out or I'll buy you out. Okay, Tashma, so we're bringing another proof. So see, let's see if we have Tashma is always coming here, always bringing a text to see if it can settle this debate. There are two brothers, one of whom was poor and one of whom was rich. And their father left them a bathhouse and a an olive press, a saan or a press for olives or for for grapes, a saan la sachar, a sachar la So if they were made for renting out, if they were usually rented out, so then the rental price goes in the middle, meaning that they divide it. A saan la atzman, but if they it was for their own private use. The rich person can say to the poor person, You can take, get some slaves and uh, they'll go and uh, uh, wash in the bathhouse or you can get some olives and you can make olive oil in the olive press. So it seems that you can't say that they don't say go do igud because he just says this is what we're going to do and it doesn't say that the poor person they they can't he doesn't they, the the rich person is not saying to the brother to the poor brother you should buy me out or I'll buy you out so the stamp says hatam nami god ika agud lekat so there's different there because the poor person has no possibility of buying out. The rich, per- the rich brother. The poor brother has no possibility of buying out the rich brother. So there is no agud. There's only goat. In other words, the poor brother might want to say to the rich brother, buy me out. But the rich brother then could just say, no, I don't, I like this because, he, uh, so if you want to buy me out, fine. But he can't buy me out. Okay, so here we have a situation where the rich brother can just say, you know what, you can't use it because you can't afford to buy to have olives or grapes, but that's too bad because you can't buy me out. Now, so the question then of God, there's one other question of God good that I want to uh, just mention, and that is when they say, buy me out or I'll buy you out, so who decides what's the value of the object that they're buying or selling? So Rashi says, Rashi seems to say the value of the asset is decided by the buyer and the seller. In other words, it's just the marketplace. However, there are those, like the Me'iri, who understand that the court assesses and imposes an objective amount. Okay, now, the other thing is that this is, seems, according to, for example, Nachmanides, also a medieval Spanish commentator, that this only, this notion of Godo Yigud, only applies to things at the end of the Mishnah, right? That not a courtyard, but all those other things, such as the Beit Habad, the Shovach, the Nest, all the things are listed at the end of the Mishnah, but not to the courtyard, since a person needs a courtyard in front of their house, or they would have to, quote, fly into the door, right? If you don't have a courthouse, courtyard in front of your house. So in other words, when it says in the beginning of the Mishnah, 
that you can only divide up the courtyard if there is enough for each one. Um, and then it talks about how much that is in different places. So you can't say go to Igud on that. This is opposed to the Rambam. Because right? the Rambam and the Mishnah Torah, Mishnah Torah decides that a chatzer can be divided by usage. That is, that one person gets it for a year, and then the other person gets it for a year. Right? And we'll take a look at that for a minute. The Ravad, the Rambam and the Mishnah Torah is 13th century, first great collection of Jewish law. The Ravad lived like a half a generation later, and he wrote Hasagot on the, the Rambam. He wrote caveats to the Rambam. Okay, so the Rambam, I'm just going to read the Rambam quickly here. If one partner said to their fellow, in a place where one cannot divide up something that's in front of them, or there's something that can't be divided, like a maidservant or a vessel, and if, so if one says the other, sell to me your part in this, in, in this amount, or buy it from me in that for that amount. So the law is with him. So therefore the Rambam says that we do have the, the law of God o Igud. And we force the one who's being demanded to sell to his fellow or to buy from him. But if the person who's demanding it cannot, does not have the money to buy it, or he can't find the money to buy it, so he can't then, if Shifra and Miriam co-own a truckling or a, a co-own an olive press, and Shifra says to Miriam, I want you to buy me out. But Shifra actually doesn't have the money to buy out Miriam. Miriam can turn around and say, no, you buy me out. And the Beit Din, the court, will not force Miriam to buy out Shifra, since Shifra can't equally buy out Miriam. Because his fellow could say to him, I don't want to buy, I just want to sell. Now the Rambam is quoting our Gemara. Therefore, two brothers, one poor and one rich, their father left them a bathhouse or a press, if the father uh, left them to be rented out, they split the rent, the whole time they want to stay in partnership. But if the father had set it out for their own profit, one brother cannot force the other to rent it out. But rather, they both use it as their father uses it. And the rich one says to the poor one, Get some olives and make them in the press. Buy slaves. And they'll come and they will be in, they'll wash in the bathhouse, even though it's obvious that the poor person can't do that. And the poor person can't force the the rich person to buy his share. Unless the poor person says, you know what, enough of this, I'm going to go and borrow money to buy out your part of it. And then he can say, okay, then in that situation, he can say, okay, so either you sell it to me or I'll buy your part. If both of them say, I don't want to buy, I just want to sell. So they sell them 
to other people. One other interesting part of this law in the Rambam, which is in Laws of, of Neighbors, chapter 1, Law Halakha 2, is the following. This is all talking about these things which are not courtyards. But, if the place was made to be rented out, so then they rent it out, and they divide the, the, the rent. If it was not made to be rented out, if it's a courtyard, they divide it up year by year. One person lives in the courtyard for a year, and then the other person lives the next year. Because they can't live together in the courtyard, because all the things that we've been talking about before this, in Baba Batra, of Hezekiah, uh, privacy, damage that comes from, from privacy, from intruding on somebody's privacy. Sharei ein badin chalukah, because there is no possibility to divide it if it's less than four amot or eight amot, depending on how we do the math. Ve'ein adam asui litrach kol shloshim yalaf, not mechatzer lechatzer, ala mishana lashana, a person's not going to want to move out every 30 days, so we'll do it every year. Now, on that, the Ravad, Rav, Avram ben David of Posqueras, the younger contemporary of the Rambam, in his caveat, in his Hasagot, says, Avram Omer, Avram Omer is a scribe, says, Kama zehadin rachok midati. This law is so far from my knowledge. This is kind of bizarre. Says, how could it be? How could he force his fellow, his fellow, his partner to uh, clear out every year and say to him, because you don't want to sell and I don't want to sell. So therefore, either we have to live together and suffer from intrusion, from uh, damages from privacy, lack of privacy, or will divide it up that, uh, or will divide it up because I will never want to be exiled, is his word, exiled every one year after, uh, one year I get exiled, one year you get exiled. And, and also what happens if the guy has nowhere to move? This is assuming that everybody has another place to move in. So the, so the rabbit strongly disagrees with what Maimonides says there about the Chatzir, which leaves the Ramban who says, Nachmanides, who says that this doesn't apply to courtyards. This only applies to the other things. And courtyards, since a person needs a courtyard in front of his house. This week's Daf Shui podcast is brought to you by Sandals of Pumpadita. When you have to get from Hacha to Hatam with confidence. I don't want to be talking out of school, but the word is that neither Rav nor Shmuel would be caught at the Pirka or the Kala without their SOPs. Sandals of Pumpadita. For a short time only, listeners of this podcast will get a discount on their first pair of Pumpadita sandals at www.pumpadita.com slash That's www.pumpadita.com slash Okay, so we are back in the Gemara. Tashma. Let's try another way of figuring out whether or not there is this law of God or Agud. So this is a brayta, which is like the end of the Mishnah. Anything that if you divide it up, it remains the same thing. Right? We could still tell that it is the same thing. You divide up. If not, then you pay for. Then you have to sell it and divide up the money. So tanai, is this not a machloket? Between a, a dispute between Tanaim. Titania, Tol Atashiur Vani Pachot Shaminlo. If somebody says, 
you take, there's not enough actually for both of us to have a whole measurement, a whole measurement of whatever it is that we're dividing up, enough for it to be whatever it was. So you take a full measurement, let's say we have an outside porch. And if I take a little itsy bitsy piece of it, it's not really much. It's not considered a porch. So, but I could say, you take the measurement that'll make it into a porch and I'll take less. So we listen to him. That's the first opinion. says, we don't listen to him. So what, how, what does this mean? If this is like we said, so what's the reason Rabbi says, we don't listen to him. Rather, we've seen this move before, the Stam is saying that there's something missing in this Mishnah. There's a line missing in this Mishnah, so we're going to rewrite the Mishnah and make it make sense. This is what the Mishnah should say, starting from the beginning. You take a full measure and I'll take less. Shaminla, we listen to him. And also, if he says either by me or by you out, we also listen to him. says, no, we never listen to him about on that. We never listen to him if there's less than a sure. We never listen to him on that. And this is as, as it says, just like it says before in the bright in the bright that we brought, that if something retains its integrity as the thing that it was, as the porch, as the Beit Abad, as the press, then we divide it. What did you say? What is the reason for Because you can say to him, if you want to buy it, I don't have any money. And I don't want to give it to you as a present. This is quoting a verse from Proverbs from which the rabbis learn that and said the, the verse says one who despises or hates gifts will live, will flourish. So therefore one should not be a gift taker or a gift giver. So this of Rabbi Yehuda is the same thing as what Shmuel says. So Rabbi Yehuda, in other words, says that there is a law of God o Igud, the, the law of by me or by you out. This is Shmuel. Why? Because Shmuel, because it says, It says in the end of the Mishnah that if you have scripture, even though both of them want to divide the scripture, they should not divide in half. And Shmuel says, he's only talking about when they are part of one scroll. But if you have two scrolls, then you can divide them up. Right? If you have a scroll of Torah and a scroll of Nabiim, for example, scroll of Torah, the Bible, and scroll of prophets, then you can divide them. One gets one, one gets the other. If you're going to say that there is no law of you buy me out or I'll buy you out, so what difference does it make if it's one scroll or more than one scroll? The whole one scroll thing is that you don't want to rip a scroll in, a half, in half. It's not, doesn't seem to be honoring the scroll. It seems to be defaming the scroll in some way. So, but if there's no law of Godo Igud, then what difference does it make? Even on two scrolls, you wouldn't say it. So therefore, it seems that Shmuel is saying, so Shmuel says, therefore, there is a law of Godo Igud. 
Tirgamar of Shalman b'shishnei and Ratzinus. Rav Shalman says, actually, you know what? This is just talking about when both of them want. So it's not necessarily a proof of Godrigo. Amra Meimar helchata it dina de Godrigo. But Meimar comes along. Meimar another Mora comes along and says there is a law. The law is Godrigo. And actually, we saw that, later, that the Rambam says that, and the Rif says that the halachic tradition sits with that. Amalei Ravashi la Meimar, but Ravashi, a sixth generation. Amura says to Amemar, his contemporary, Had Rav Nachman Mai, what do we do with Rav Nachman? He says that there is no love. God be good. Amalei lo shmili. So Amemar says, I have never heard of that. Klomar lo svirli. So the Stam says, what does that mean, lo shmili? I don't hold by that. I don't, I think that's wrong. Velo, really? The fact that Rav Nachman is wrong, is that really true? That there is no God or Yigud? Right, the fact that uh, nobody holds there is no Godeigun. So these two brothers, Rava Barchinina and Ravdim Barchinina, Shavak Laho Avu Tarte Amhata. So their father sent them or left them to slave women, to maidservants. One of them was expert at uh, baking and cooking. And the other one was expert at sewing and weaving. And they came before Rava. So they came before Rava and said, what do we do? We, how, do we, how do we divide this up? And Rava said to them, there is no law of Godo You can't say to each other, buy me out or else buy you out. So that seems to back up uh, Rav Nachman. Who says, don't buy me out? You can't, there is no go to good. So, what is going on here? So, the Stam says, Shani Hatam Dilamarmi Baile Travail, Marmi Baile Travail. That's different. Because there you have a situation where both of them want all those skills. You have one maidservant who's a cook, and one maidservant who's a, a tailor, and, and both brothers want both of those skills. And if you say one should take one and the other takes the other, that's not God o Igud. That is because they that it seems that, that that that's different than saying buy me out or I'll buy you out. But was how is that different from, from scripture that both of them want all of scripture? And Shmuel said that it's only with one scroll, but two scrolls, they actually divided. So Rav Shalman said that actually, that's why Rav Shalman said, when they want it. So when they want to divide it, then they can divide it. Okay. So now that we're starting to talk about, so therefore... The halacha is that you can say, buy me out or I'll buy you out. But there are, of course, always exceptions to it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be Gemara. Now that we're talking about scripture, Kitvei Kodesh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kitvei Kodesh as we finish off the daf here. Tanar Abanan, there is a rabbinic text. Madbik Adam Taran Vim Tuvim Keachat, So Rabbi Meir says that a person literally adheses Torah, the five books of, of the Bible, the Chumash, Nevi'im, Uktuvim, the prophets and the writings, in one scroll. Right? In other words, sews them together in one scroll. Rabbi Hudomer, Torah b'fnei atzman, Nevi'im b'fnei atzman, Uktuvim b'fnei atzman. Rabbi says, no, you put Torah by itself, prophets by itself, and writings by themselves. And sages say, 
that each one goes by itself. In other words, that each book, so each book of the prophets and perhaps even each book of the Bible, Breshit Shmot Vamidbar Verum, is left by itself. Okay. Bamar of Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Maseba Baitus Ben Zunin. So it happened with this guy, Baitus Ben Zunin. Sheila Shmonanavim and Dubakim Kechad. They had eight books of the prophets which were sewn together as one in one scroll. Alpi Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah, and he did this according to Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah. V'yeshamrim lo hayulo ella echad echad b'fneatzma, and there are those who say actually he had them each written on individual scrolls. Okay, Amar Rebbe, so Rebbe was Rebbe Yudah Nasi, the Mishnah is ascribed to him traditionally. A great ton of last generations of Tanaim. Maaseh, there was a story. Ve'viu lefanenu Torah neviim ktuvim medubakim keachad veachshanu. They brought before us a scroll in which the Torah, the prophets, and the writings were all together in one scroll. And we said it was kosher. We said that was okay. Bein chumash, so now there's an, now after that, so the, that seems to settle that, that you can do it if you want. Bein chumash, now there's new law. Bein chumash, chumash shel Torah arbat shitin. So when you have all five books of the Bible together in one scroll, so between each book of the Bible, there are you have to leave four empty lines. And so too, in the scrolls of the prophets, you have to leave four empty lines between each one. And in between the prophets of what's called the Shnei the Shnei the 12 prophets, the shorter prophets at the end of the prophets, you have to leave three lines. However, if you finish one book of the Bible at the bottom of a column and start the next one, so you're going to start the next one at the top of the column, you don't have to leave those empty lines before you start the next book of the Bible. Okay, we're going to stop here. The theme this week was dividing, starting with dividing material goods, material things, and ending with dividing holy things, which are, of course, always integrated one into the other. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for this time and studying Talmud. I want to thank, as always, Ellie Unger-Sargon, whose sure hands are on the sound controls and makes this podcast listenable. Podcast is available on all the places, on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. And if the spirit moves you, you can give us a good rating and even write comments. I'd love to hear from you. Be well and have a good week.